Hey, I'm Dean Blandino, and as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post-game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Hey, Heidi Ho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 241. This is our live post-game show, the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. And we're doing it here with your dashing host, me, Chris, and my co-host and good-looking young fella, the Sandman, Andy Morris. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? Oh, you know, another day in paradise, my friend. Another day in paradise. Um, I'm just so about, used huh? to saying good, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Without second thought. <laughs> program yes uh, horrible yeah horrible yeah it's um it's a tough one man today was was not what we wanted to see i can safely feel like i can say that this team that we saw today on that field will not be another team in the nfl period Uh, (laughs) i wouldn't care if the the dolphins or the jets were on our schedule that team that was out there today couldn't beat them this was was bad, but we'll talk about it. We'll uh, we'll dive in that. We'll talk about a couple other things. Uh, we have got the huge contest coming up here for next weekend. Going to do the announcement on Tuesday, so get in on that soon. We'll talk to you about that. Uh, great show lined up. Hey, are you ready to go, my man? I'm ready. This is no time for a quick release. We're going deep. All right. We're just going to go right into it, all right? Uh, let's start off really quick. We'll talk about the uh, the sweet, sweet contest we've got going. It's still a great experience, whether the team's there or not. Um, <laughs> get into the Patreon by Tuesday, guys. Um, you got till Tuesday. It's going to be roughly uh, 5 p.m. on Tuesday that we're going to do the drawing to pick a winner from the Patreon subscribers um, to get them to a ticket to join us at the Detroit Lions game against the Cowboys in a sweet. You can't beat the sweet experience. Hashtag what? Too sweet. That's right. That's right. Thanks to Sandman for putting this all together. He uh, he got the suite and uh, gave us this one to give away. So patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get your donation there. Consider keeping it around afterwards, but it's a monthly deal. And um, we, we love it. And actually, well, I don't want to talk about it yet, but this is the, all the Patreon money might just go and be going to something different. So we'll talk about that later as that starts to materialize. Um, Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You know how it is. Get in there. Get your chance to join us in a suite uh, this coming Sunday in the game against the Cowboys. Where do you think Matthew Stafford will be there, Sam? At this point, I don't think so. I honestly think that this team is is out of the running far enough that no reason to risk Stafford. I think Stafford will be willing to risk Stafford. And if we see him next week or at all again this season it's because he wants to play and not because the team thinks that's what's best for him yeah yeah uh, really quick theme uh says Trubitsky had one game this year when he was the best quarterback in the field no no Stafford was on the field he just didn't play um <laughs> just just to, to follow up to I gotta thank uh Peter Von Panda for second place in the Patreon giveaway we got the sweet sweet Sega uh retro arcade set it's it's uh, it's pretty freaking awesome. 42 games on it. Um, like I say, I, I love Dig Dug. Those are my favorites. You got the Sonic games. You got Virtua Fighter. It's another one I love. Tons of great stuff on here. Second place uh, in the in the drawing for um, the Patreon donator. So thank you, everyone, who's doing that. All right. Um, no Matthew Stafford. That was a surprise. That was a um, this morning announcement, right? Yeah. You know, it's... Uh... A super surprise to me because he had interviews this past week where he said, ah, yeah, you know, it's a different injury than last year, but not a big deal, blah, 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 blah. And then for some unknown reason, the team doctors decide to take another uh, apparently more invasive look than they did at all during the week, which seems really weird to me. Why are you just now taking x-rays or MRIs or whatever are indicating that he has a broken back again? Right. Why are you doing that the day before the game or the day of the game? Why is that happening that late? Why is that not happening the same day as the Raiders game or the day after? It feels really weird. That's the only way for me to put it is I'm not saying anything nefarious is happening, but that's weird as hell. But <laughs> something just, nefarious is happening. I don't understand happening. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's um that's one I don't understand. Um is is 
you know, is is Bob Quinn a guy that's early to tap out? Um, is is that kind of where he was leaning with the digs thing, right? Is he ready to tap out in this season already? I think this is a game that we we win if Stafford's on the field, no questions asked. Oh yeah, no no questions. I you know, I think that um, that Driscoll did a good job today for the most part, but he was missing wide open guys in those ten to fifteen yard spots that Stafford has been killing teams at yeah. this year. And uh, you know, it's just like four or five plays different and we're we're talking about a different outcome today. It's so weird, right? I mean it's it's just so weird that that I wouldn't have we've said it, and this is one of the things, I mean we can we can tear this team apart all day. Um that and that's fine. But we've said it since the beginning that if Matthew Stafford is on the field, this team won't win. Right. I mean, that that's we've said it since the since training camp. Right. And yep. um, him not being on the field today is absolutely what caught this cost this team. Defense was out there like a ton. Right. They had to be just gassed, tired. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is it is it is is this that we're working for a draft pick? Are we already there right now? I don't know if we're working for a draft pick, but we're working for a draft pick. Uh, <laughs> regardless, you know, even if they're even if they're not trying to get a draft pick, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if Stafford uh, ends up on IR or if they just determine that it's not worth it. You know, they don't want an RG three situation. They don't want an Andrew Luck situation. Um, you know, I, I honestly, at this point in the year, with the team that we have, I would not mind watching. Stafford sit and then just uh, you know doing what we've done every other year you know uh, waiting to see who we pick at number 8 or 10 or whatever or number 1 do you think let me ask you (laughs) I want to put something out there you ready everybody ready are we looking at Burrow is that what we're doing here (laughs) god I hope not I think I think we're too far away I think Stafford still has enough time in him that I don't think we need to worry about that but you know what happens? What happens? I mean, I was ready to have the joke today about a quarterback controversy if Driscoll did like anything um, exotic out there, right? But no, no, that wasn't <laughs> happening. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was, um, I'm just wondering if you want to get someone young and bring him in and give him a couple years under the staff, man. He's just, I know, I hate to, I hate to say that because I love Stafford. You guys know that, right? But after this Iron Man streak breaks. This this is a tough one, man. His back again, broken again, different spot. Are you kidding me? Holy shit! Yeah, that's <laughs> that's can, the weirdest. You can only carry a team so much, right? <laughs> For, well, that's yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem is his bones are giving out. Exactly right. Oh my god, this is just incredible. I, and again, I'm not saying that. Look, I, I want a good quarterback. I want us to get a good backup. Obviously, uh, I don't want to. And I think it's we can start thinking about Stafford's replacement, right? I mean, there's it's 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 something that as a GM you have to think about at some point. When how long is your guy going to be here? And hopefully they have those kind of conversations where Stafford's talking about, hey, look, I'm tired of getting beat up, right? Maybe this is his last contract. Maybe that's his. You know, he's he's already said that, and they've had those conversations. I don't know. Maybe they had those conversations this week. <laughs> that's why he didn't play, and we're uh, we're racing to the bottom. Um, Driscoll. Boy, those open those open players they missed was were tough. Um, one other topic I want to talk about too, and and we we briefly touched on them while we were getting set up here. I'm I'm just hot, and this is this is this is a different. Don't take this the wrong way, guys. This wasn't game changing, but I'm just absolutely hot about got, getting the asshole side of the freaking calls from the refs in this damn league. It's 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 driving me insane. Um, we got the two face masks, right? The uncatchable pass interference, right? Yep. You got the 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 one where what's his face led with the crown of his helmet and took out Wagner, right? And then you got the 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 questionable PI call that put them down on the what the two yard line or whatever. Um, just just incredible, and, and it never ever. I don't see bad penalties going the other way. Maybe once, you know, I'm I'm, I'm waiting for them, and I laugh at home watching the game. I'd be like, oh, that's not one we should have got. I don't I don't mind, you know, like being honest about it. I'm just not seeing them go that way. And it's like, again, this team, you just can't put this team against that kind of against that kind of shit, man. Slay played like shit too. Yeah, you guys in the, in the chat are right. I mean, he looked really bad in the first half. I'm I don't even know, man. I don't even know about uh. 
about where this team is, where it's at. Driscoll didn't have any time to prep. We were almost within seven of the of the Bears, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean we're, we're in good shape. Either. Yeah. You know, I think the refs this year have just been awful, like overall. Mm-hmm. And obviously we watch the games that we watch and – you know, I watch the Ravens versus Bengals or whatever, and a bad call happens. I don't even think twice about it. I'm just like, ha ha, <laughs> refs suck again. You know, but you know, you're right. It stings more when it happens to your team, and it does seem to happen more to the Lions. I don't know if that's just generally because we're paying more attention or if it's true. But yeah, I mean, I, like I was telling Chris before we took off that, you know, like the pass interference along the sideline, the uncatchable one. Like I just sat in my chair and laughed about it because it's it's laughable at this point. You know, like I can't even be upset anymore about calls like that because, you know, it's just it is what it is at this point. And we know they're going to be bad. And I don't know what to do anymore other than laugh because I can't keep getting upset like I have been in the past. It's just like a no sum game, you know, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's really God. bad. It really is. It hurts. It just it hurts. Um didn't expect this and you know what's really crazy is we were giggling at riz and then i gotta i gotta hit him with the bullhorn um riz was right <laughs> about his five and 11 prediction at the beginning of the season right we were what three games in or four ga- games in early on and we were like ha what does riz know shit <laughs> he's freaking karnak right um, yeah. Jiggly, you're right. Galladay with just horrible drops. Horrible drops. I mean, you've got to help. That may like have been Driscoll, the man. worst. Yeah, that may have been the worst series we've had by a wide receiver on the Lions in a long time. He had a holding call. He, he had two dropped <laughs> passes. He basically killed that drive by himself. And I hate putting drives on players like that. But, I mean... <laughs> that one like he basically did yeah that was pretty wild yeah pretty wild that was that was just um really really disappointing and and then the short pass like just throw it away man you got you get you have like four more seconds or three more seconds and then and then uh two plays instead of seven seconds and one and then the other part of it i'm gonna tell you i was freaking hot at patricia just ahead of the two minute warning could have called the timeout then we'd have had uh seven or eight more seconds actually uh at the end of the game the way those plays worked out but he didn't stop the clock ahead of the two minute he wasted them both after that's that that just really really frustrated the hell out of me man that's just that's that's a miss it's a complete miss. yeah you know there's a lot of misses like that that i think you know when we brought patricia in one of the things that we always faulted caldwell for was the lack of that small stuff, right? Yep. Lack of uh, filling in the small gaps that we still have left over. And, you know, we're still having those problems. I agree with you 100% about the timeout. I, you know, had a tweet wrote out about it and I thought it's not even worth it anymore. I just deleted it, you know, but yeah, you take the timeout at 206 and you might get their entire drive done before the two minute warning. You know, so instead of get, getting the ball at 147 or whatever it was, we get the ball at two minutes. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, seconds matter when, especially when you don't have your starting quarterback in. When you're going with a backup who's probably not going to hit those 30 yarders, 40 yarders that you kind of need to score in those situations, um, you know, just small stuff like that's been, been uh, you know, riddling the Lions and me as a fan all year. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. They're making us work. I, I, I don't know what to say. They're definitely making us work. Let's open up the phones. Uh, 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Uh, give us a call. We'll get you on the show. I am I am really frustrated about that shot on Wagner. That that one really, really pissed me off because that's absolute play, player safety. That was completely ignored, missed, uh, just thrown away. You know, they, they just threw it away, and that shit just drives me nuts hey caller what's your name how many you had uh my name is greg and unfortunately i've been sick so i haven't had many but if i were healthy i'd be having a shitload (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you buddy i'm with you what do you got going on what do you got for us today i am a 53 year old diehard lion fan from connecticut i live and bleed my lions i God, you pissed me off. Um, I, I'm just frustrated. I don't know what we are. I 
want to love these guys so bad, and I do, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just frustrated like I know we all are, and I just I just don't know what our Denny is. I don't know, is Patricia right? Is Quinn right? I feel like sometimes we're making moves, and it looks good, and we're making calls, whether it's Quinn plays, Quinn makes gets at Harrison last year, and looks genius, and then, you know, and then this all the stuff that's going on now in the locker room, whether it's Diggs or Tate last year, and now, you know, Slay kind of bitching in the background, and I just don't know what we are. And yeah. now with Stafford being done, um, potentially being done, because it sounds like it's got to be long-term because it's a big game today. I mean, if he could have played. We It was our last chance, uh, three and five. We can't get there now the playoffs, in my opinion. And so if he would have played, he would have played. And so if he's out long-term, I mean, if, yep. if he couldn't play today, it's got to be long-term, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So I don't know. Just uh, I love this team. I got my flag flying out my house. I freaking, oh God, I get so freaking emotional about this team. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not alone, man. I, I, I know I'm not. And uh, I fight with my nephews over them because they're semi, they love Stafford, but they say he's not, I'm always fighting for him. But anyway, I don't know. I just, um, just, just bummed. That's all. I'm with him, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, li- I like your question or your, your thought about, how the team doesn't have an identity. You know, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it that much, but you kind of spurred something when you said that. And I, I have to agree with you here. And it feels weird because one of the things that, you know, I hate quit, you know, I hate harping on, you know, when Patricia came in, they promised us this, whatever. But part of the allure of a Patricia and a Quinn was that they had a culture, right? And when you have a culture, you have an identity. Because you know what you want to be. So every player either lives up to what the team is or they're gone or, you know, whatever. But the team has an identity. Maybe the players don't, but the team does. And you're right. We really are kind of in a weird spot where last year we had no offense. So we weren't an offensive team. Uh, We weren't a defensive team last year either. This year we are an offensive team, but it seems to be more of a Stafford team than an offensive team. Um, you know, we still don't have a running game. We still have major issues with, with that. Uh, the defense has regressed to a ridiculous state. That's kind of hard to, you know, uh, even quantify, but, um, yeah, you know, when we brought Quinn in, we really wanted that. Our D line line was so good. It was so strong. When, When Harrison came on, we just became stout against the run and showed promise, and even though our offense was decimated with injuries and trades and Stafford getting bat broken back last year, we kind of gutted it out. But I thought, okay, we're adding, you know, Daniels and Flowers to the line. We're adding, um, you know, Coleman and Melvin. You know, we have good man-to-man guys. You know, I just – but, I, yeah, so YRD just – I know we've had injuries. Harrison and Flowers has been coming on. Obviously, Daniels hasn't really done anything. Aside from that lucky sack today, but – you know, our linebackers, I, mean, I want to do – I mean, I think we all love Davis's work ethic, and he's in there, and we all know he's a rah-rah guy. But, man, our linebackers are just I, – I, and I'm hoping Tavai can be a mainstay going forward, but it just seems like Davis is sadly just – you know, we're going to have to move on from him, I hope. Um, but in, in our run game, you know, in, in our run game, it's like I know we've – on both sides, we've been trying to build the lines, D and offensive. And I, I like the theory, the thought. But it's just not being executed, you know. Um, carry on doesn't seem like he's going to be a long-term answer because he never stays healthy. No. Um, so anyway, it's just yeah, uh, yeah it's a bummer of a day, and um, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> just a little frustrated. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, but I appreciate you guys. I watch every podcast, and um, uh, yeah, I'll leave from here and let you guys talk. But go lines. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate. Thanks it. Thanks for calling in. That's awesome. You know, there's something that, that he brought up. I, I saw this. I was out of town all week out in uh, San Francisco and uh, came back on Friday. And on the flight back, I was looking through the the, the movies. Like, oh, wow, here's, a, here's one. I'm interested about this. It was uh, a movie called The Russian Five. Have you seen that? I have not seen it. Oh. I heard about it. I plan on watching it, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay, okay. And I'm going well, to go into this a little deeper um on the the weekly show here this week guys but uh i want you to think about this a little bit if you haven't seen russian five go see 
Russian Five. It's a great story. It starts before the Lions or before the Red Wings um, had picked up any of the Russians yet, and talks about the um, you know this the Iron Curtain was still up, and you couldn't you know the whole had a defect and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, I think about this, and I was look watching the movie, and I was looking at it through the context of of the Red Wings, who were, I mean, like I said, I remember. In the in the early '80s, when they were giving away a Jeep Wrangler every game to try to get people to come to the games, right? Um, then they got the Bruce Brothers, Proby and uh, Coaster there for a while, and had you know they had some had some 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 interesting stuff, but really didn't didn't do a whole lot. And then they picked up Stevie Y, Joey, um, what's his name, Dev- Devilano, picked up a you know Devilano was a GM and got Stevie Y and uh, started getting a little something, but. And when the team finally started coming together, it, it really, really made me feel like a little bit about the Lions today. They picked up Scotty Bowman, who who was a good coach, who who was the wonderkind, right? One of the best coaches in the NHL at the time. Um, but they, you know, they but you but they knew they knew they had a good coach in him, right? And then they they put together the the Russians as they did, and then they kept going and and making the playoffs, and then getting shut out, getting blasted. I mean, I'll never forget. It was like '94, I think, when they lost. They won the Presidents' Cup, best team in hockey by like a mile. I don't know if anyone's even won that many games since then in a single season. Um, and then got blown out in the first round by the third year San Jose Sharks. I was so so angry, and it been. You know, 40-some years since they'd won a Stanley Cup, right? They were the perennial losers here. And they kept coming so close and then falling apart. And then coming close and then falling apart. And then finally they were able to put it together. And I just feel like, as I look at, and, and you know, Scotty Bowman, the, the stuff that we're talking about in the locker room these days going on with, with the conversations of the players and whatever, Scotty Bowman was the same kind of a coach in that, um, Matt Patricia is and that he doesn't want all that talk. He doesn't want all that that look at me stuff, right? He doesn't want all that crap. He wants it to stay in in the family, in the team, and he wants to run the team like that. It's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see the kind of comparison between the wings and how they finally put together what was obviously one of the best dynasties in hockey history. Um, they may be trash now, but <laughs> once the salary cap hit, they mm-hmm. just just folded Ken Holland into a million different you know folds. But uh, it was amazing to see how they built that up and how people you know the year before they won the cup, people were down on the team. They were down. I mean, that was the um, the the Chris Draper face on the face the sideboards year, right? But people were down. Can't win with the Russians. They don't. These players don't do it. The players suck. The whole thing. And they came back and they they did pretty well. I don't know. It was an interesting kind of thing for me to see that and think of it in the context of the Lions. I, I haven't given up on the staff or the the coaches. There's a there's a significant culture change that's happening right now. And good. They, they traded off Ray Shepard, who was a 50 goal scorer. Uh, because and, and and picked up uh, Larianov, if you guys remember him, who was 147 years old at the time, because he he was a guy that bought into the system. So I don't know. It's just interesting. It's I I, I think you should watch it. Everyone go. We'll do it. Watch Russian Five as your homework. We'll talk more about it in this week's podcast. <laughs> hey caller, what's your name and uh, how many you had so far? Uh, my name is uh, Pat, and I'm a first time caller. Um, I haven't had any, had any booze, but I have a whole case of Mountain Dew. Does that count? That's fine. That's good. <laughs> we just like to know kind of what we're where we're at when we're when we're talking, right? <laughs> well, I'm 15 years sober, so I can't. I, there you I go, brother. I can't deal with the hard work anymore. Good, so, good for you. <laughs> um, it's cool. Call, this is actually the first time I've ever called into a talk show, so this is kind of nerve-wracking uh, for me. But um, um, when I first uh, was listening to your podcast, uh, I did watch the Russian Five uh, yeah. documentary earlier this week. That was amazing. It's a great, um, great movie. I, yeah. Oh, it was so amazing, especially for me, because a little bit of backstory that explains my Lion fandom and also uh, my Red Wing fandom. I was born in San Francisco during the Niners dynasty, oh. but my dad's from Detroit. So I grew up in a family watching the Niners, but because of my dad and his Barry Sanders obsession, the Lions <laughs> obsession, to this day, I'm a Lions fan. And we eventually moved to Detroit uh, in 94 when Arsenal got hurt. And this kid named Sergey Fedorov was having his MVP season, yeah. and I absolutely fell in love. I was like, "Oh my god!" So to this day, Sergey Fedorov is my all-time favorite on Red Wing. That's awesome. Um, but going to these Lions, I guess why I'm calling is I'm looking for hope because uh, it's so frustrating watching. And a couple weeks ago, when I first saw your podcast, you were one of the first people I heard talking about what I thought I was seeing on the field, how there was like a culture shift, how you could, you could see them moving in a direction. Quinn's 
plan seemed to be making sense. Like, you know, Mayhew would grab a wide receiver in the first round or grab a player over here, and you're like, why? That doesn't really make sense. It seemed like every move Quinn would make, you okay, that, that makes sense. That looks good. And, like, Patricia seemed like you could see coaching plays in the game. You're like, okay, that that was cool. I could see how he – that's coaching right there. Like, last year against the Bears in the Thanksgiving game, um, uh, Phil Christen was talking about uh, a possession right before Stafford's pick six where they schemed up a blitz that they hadn't used the entire game, they hadn't used the whole season, and he was saving it for a play like that to – uh, get the ball back about third and ten, and give his players a chance to bring it home. And the the, the lesson Chris Sims took from like that game was Patricia coached a perfect game and tried to put his players in a position to win. He just doesn't have his players. He doesn't have the guys that can finish. And so that that kind of stuff gives me hope. But then you're you're watching the up and the down of the season. I kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, because what I'm looking for is just honesty. And like, I felt like maybe there were more good coaching plays than not in this game. Like that special teams quick fix where they went from they were going to go for it, and they went to they said they were going to punt, and they forced them to pin it down in the in the five. I thought that was really cool. Yep. And then you know, there was those. I don't know how you explain the final drive of the first half, and then the first two drives of the second half. But it seemed like the defense settled down again. They got some sacks. They got some pressures. Um, I just don't know what the future holds. And I guess my mindset has always been, is this more, I'm still pro-Patricia and I'm still pro-Quinn. I think Pasquale, I agree with you 100% about the whole variable maybe, and maybe Pasquale or Pasqualino needs to be going. Um, and then, like, is this maybe more injury-based? You know, I, I know everybody has injuries, but – Losing Hand and Daniels and all these guys. I mean, that's a significant amount of your team. What do we have? Like five guys injured on the defensive line? Yeah, yeah. Today, yeah. Five guys injured on the defensive line. Kevin Strong and Nate John Atkins are like, what? Like, they're undrafted free agents that are playing significant snaps. Yeah. Are guys maybe playing out of position because of all the injuries? And, like, Aquar's not, you know, he's not a world beater, but he was more effective last year when we had a healthy. I just don't know what's going on because last year was a top 10 defense. This year is basically the same players, you know, and minus the injuries, and it's drastically different. Um, I don't know. I've, I've always taken the approach, like, it seems like they're adding good depth, and we're, like, those clutch players away. Is it, is it this offseason we get those guys, that fashion defensive end or that linebacker that makes that, that play that we need, or are we – just going through another cycle of repeat and rinse. Yeah, you know, here's here. I think that the the injury thing this week was the 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 number one reason why this game went the way it did. That we didn't win this game. Oh yeah, and and I think that's the same reason that our defense isn't hitting the way it should be. Um, look, I mean, again, I'll, I'll say you know, injury. Everybody gets injured. We we've had our uh, this has been our year yeah. for injuries though. This has been crazy. Yeah. How many guys are hurt? And um, it's just hard, hard to recover from something like that. The fact that we've been in so many games, I mean, every game we've been, this is, I think the, the, there's only one other game that we were this far out of it or this far gone at the, at the end of the game. Right. I mean, look, the, the wins aren't there, but they are executing. They're executing a lot. I I absolutely complained about the, the call, the lack of the timeout at the two minute ahead of the two minute warning and coach made a mistake, right? He's, he's still young too, though. I mean, it's a sophomore season it's 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 the kind yeah. of thing you see um i see i see improvement on this team i see a team that um has a lot i think there's there's some problems in um in the whole kind of locker room thing and and, and people are gonna be yeah. mad at me about the whole what i'm gonna say here the whole thing with darius slay right now um it, it you got a problem because <laughs> you just what good do his comments do for the team Right, none. none. It, that's not a team player doing something like that. We know Slay's a mercenary. We know he's out. He's just going to sign whoever you know, wherever he gets the biggest check. That's that. Um, I, I'm sure he's heard about the Diggs thing, but that does nobody any good. All that does is cause a problem in the locker room. Because why? Well, because mm-hmm. you know, 
you, you start get it's, it's it's gaslighting almost. You know, if 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 you start jamming the press in there asking what's wrong in the locker room, what's wrong in the locker room, are you still beating your wife? Right? It constantly turns into into something different. Um, we had that conversation last year, and at the end of the season, it was like, oh yeah. No, no, he he hadn't lost the locker room. I guess. I guess that was all BS. This kind of stuff. This is this is this is silly stuff, man. This is this is the kind of thing where. And you see how Slay. I mean, I don't know if it's injury or what. This year, he has not been the Slay that we know. I I will tell you, I I don't think Darius Slay will be on this team next year. I, I straight don't think he'll be here. And I'm frankly, not. I'm not sure that I'm going to be angry about it. as much as I like him. I just don't see the the team first aspect that you want out of a player. And that that's that's really tough because he's a guy that could be could be amazing on this team. I think in the long haul, if he just had the right attitude. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not the only guy out there who who's thinking that. I mean, it, overall in your assessment, because. I mean, I, I kind of feel like sometimes we as Lions fans overvalue our own talent. And, uh, I mean, Darius Slay is very good, but, like, I could totally see fans and, like, where do we sign him at the at, at near the money he wants next year or the year after? You know, him slipping and then, like, the uh, the fans turning on the, ma- the management for overpaying for a guy that clearly has passed his prime. So, I mean, I think it, it maybe might be time to – let him go. Yeah, him, know, him, him missing those snaps in the preseason uh, or in the in training camp. I think that was that was mm-hmm. huge bad for him. And that was again mm-hmm. that was the me first thing, right? And and that's the I just I just don't think that flies. I don't think that flies with it wouldn't fly with Scotty Bowman. You know, to go back to that Russian mm-hmm. five movie. Yep. And, and yep. it's not going to fly with it. Fly with you know Jim Caldwell. And it would fly with uh, with Jim Schwartz, but th- those were teams that had some some of their own kinds of issues, right? I I think that the cultural shift that's happening in Detroit is one that has to happen. It just we've been okay. this culture has been the same across multiple regimes of, of coaching regimes and GMs, and 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 we get the same results at the end. The the, the best thing that can happen it, with Matt Patricia, even if we don't get better as a football team is to absolutely change the mindset of the people in the locker room and get this team fundamentally thinking differently because it, it's a continue, you know, you see, you see us come out strong in so many games for so many years and then something happens. Yeah. It'll be a bad call. It'll be a bad yeah. something. And then they just fold. They, 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 they just yeah. crumble and it's happened again, multiple coaches, multiple regimes. It's a cultural thing with this team and it's just got to change and, and, and good guys, it looks like are going to have to go to make that change. And I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I just, I hate it, but that's just the yeah. way it looks. Uh, well, Chris, you're awesome. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, Sam, man, you probably don't know who I am, but like I used to be on the <laughs> den for a very long time back in the day. Uh, and I uh, used to love your slow lights. Still do whenever you have them on, but uh, I've been following you for a while. So The den goes uh, way back. talking to you guys. <laughs> Thanks Stay a lot, too. man. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. No problem. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, you too, man. Right. So let me let me let me bring something up here real quick because you do it. I was listening to you uh, talk about the culture and stuff like that, and about how you know it can't be me first. But to me, that's what's going to cost this team wins. Is if Patricia and Quinn are doing that, they're removing the identity of these players because they want it to be about the team and not the players. I don't think that works outside of the Patriots, and we don't know why that doesn't work outside of the Patriots, but we know it doesn't seem to. It worked with the And the problem is, is, well, not in football, though. We're talking about a 53-man roster that Mm -hmm. everybody knows that no NFL team is looking out for them, that they have to get the money when they can get it. And I think if a team starts to treat players like inanimate objects, and states to them that that's basically how they're going to treat them, that we're going to have a real problem So because you no, can't, and you I can't think, treat players like that. Sure. And I think there's a, um, a, a little bit of a difference there because I don't think that players can't be themselves. But, like, when you go into Slay criticizing how the team is being coached externally to the press, how does that – that's not that's not putting him that's, – that's not putting the team first for sure, right? It's not helping the team, though. Even even if he if he, he it's it literally has no positive effect at all, right? And other teams that we've had and other cultures that was like ah that's just kind of what happens and they do that and then then the team has to react to it and whether it's right wrong or otherwise right that's his opinion he's welcome to his opinion but when you start airing dirty laundry 
You know, that's that's that kind of selfishness is just not an okay. I think having personality, being yourself, all that kind of stuff is is, is totally great and awesome. Like, and I'll, I'll use you know Tide Pod Boy uh, Gronk, right? He had his own personality out there, but you you didn't see him criticizing the team. And of course, when you're winning, you don't want to criticize or whatever else. But they don't they don't have any problem pulling in anybody like Josh Gordon or Randy Moss. Guys were are verbal, mouthy. And uh, known to have some some of those kinds of things, they show up and they clamp down and they do great and they ball out and they sign big contracts and they win championships. They sign big contracts elsewhere and they but they win champions championships while they're in town and they and they subvert to the the plan. I mean that's that. It's that's that's winning though. That's mm-hmm. winning. Like when you win, you can do that sort of stuff. But we don't know why Slay is saying those things. But I can tell you right now that after the digs stuff came out. You know, it kind of makes it sound like the the players were trying to have those discussions internally and maybe weren't being listened to. And now Slay doesn't give a crap. (laughs) That's kind of what it felt like to me, because, you know, we've had multiple people leave and say, like, yeah, no, they're not letting us, you know, voice our opinions at all. You know, um, that happened with Diggs. That happened. You know, Quinn had an interview, uh, the safety, not the GM. you know, that basically said that once Caldwell left, like the players union, you know, kind of massively butted heads because it was no, it was a, this is the way do it or don't instead of a, you know, democracy, I guess is how I would put it. I'm just saying that it feels risky, especially when you're not good (laughs) and you're not winning to have this sort of, you know, hard nosed edge as a staff. No, I get, I get that, and 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 I understand. Of course, winning cures all ills, right? But um, if you're not heard, you don't feel you're being heard in the locker room, and you feel like the coaches are doing a bad job. You number one have a contract you have to play for. You sign the contract, right? And if you and when you done, when it's time to go, it's time to go, right? That's that. You can you can pick up and play for somebody else. You got free agency to work with. In the meantime, you got fifty two other guys that are counting on you doing your best to execute the plan. That's it. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. It's <laughs> do it or don't, right? And and when you start causing external rifts, I don't care. I don't care what team you're on. You start causing external rifts out, uh, about the team, then that that becomes a big a big deal. So, um, I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, that's the other part. If if they're not feeling heard, I get that. Uh, I can get the, I understand the frustration that that would cause, right? And that's where you start thinking, hey, maybe it's time to go somewhere else or, or whatever else. But, um, you know, Caldwell, I think, was a little too much on the uh, coddle the player side. So, that's it. That's just what it is. <laughs> uh, 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, we'll take your, your jinglers, get those dialing fingers going. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, a deal. Peter Von Panda wants to hook us up with a deal on toasters. We'll get that going. Um, Peter Von Panda, youtube.com slash Peter Von Panda. He's got this one up. Offer a giveaway. It's a pretty sweet deal. Sega. Genesis uh, retro gaming system. Pretty fun. Um, let's see. Yeah, you know, Themic is saying it's a weird argument. When these comments get made on winning teams, it's called leadership, and losing teams called locker room. Uh, You don't hear people calling out the defense um, or not putting players in the right place on winning teams, right? They 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 aren't typically critical of their coaches and coaching staff, but they 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 absolutely get get killed. Well, that's that's because they're winning though. (laughs) hard to hard to you know complain when you win even if it's an ugly win you still it's still a win but yeah no no i I agree um it's interesting it's 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 interesting because you've got a couple variables right but i will say and i will fight to the end that um ripping on your coaching staff um to the press and to external people is not going to do anything to help your team Nothing's going to, it's not going to change anything for the better. That's for sure. So there it is. I think it's just kind of a, an emotional thing that like with Slay, I love this guy to death, man. He's funny as hell. He's got a great personality, but um, I think he's emotionally a little bit immature, even, even for his age, but he's, you know, it's got carried him a long way. So can't knock him too hard for it. <laughs> All right, so seven-point loss. Um, we saw some um, amazing, amazing work from uh, Jeff Driscoll there on the uh, two-minute warning. 
Um, never seen such an incredible drive with so little time left. Um, I don't know. It's it's. We walked in the day when you when you texted me this morning. I woke up really really late today because I was up really late last night. Um, still on West Coast time. And you're like, what did you say? Oh, yeah, they bait and switched you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's going back to something we talked about a little bit earlier. The timing of the Stafford injury feels weird. It does you know? It, it does. just it just does. So Stafford was practicing all week. We have reports of him practicing. We have reports of him throwing sixty yard bombs during practice. Uh, you know, doing his thing during like media time. Like this is while the media is there. This isn't just, you know, behind closed doors. And then the day of it gets determined that he's, you know, got a broken back and this and that. It feels weird that Jeff Driscoll didn't get more time and that they didn't know until they knew. It feels, it feels like a bait and switch in that way. uh, For sure. It just, something feels really weird about all this. Yeah. Like, 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 like the whole, like the doctors were doing their things and then somebody came in and reminded them, Hey, remember that time that Trent Williams is suing the Redskins because he had cancer on his head. And right. then they went, Ooh, that's yeah. Maybe we should be more careful on our end than we normally are. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's funky. Yeah. He didn't seem to be walking in any pain right on the sideline at all i mean i mean we know stafford's no. a tough guy right we know we know that but he seemed to be perfectly fine roaming up and down the sideline and that was that was a little bit frustrating to me he 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 laughed he jumped he did some other things um i'm interested to see what how this plays out because look if it's if it's fractures <laughs> i don't see him playing the rest of the season right yeah i don't know if we're we're not in it you know like last year you could say the same thing about last year though he had a broken back. You know, I guess the doctors determined that he wasn't going to hurt it any worse by playing. And if you give Stafford the choice of playing or not, he's going to choose to play. Yeah. But, you know, this is different. It obviously is because he missed a game because of it. You know, so I'm not sure um, what they're going to do with him. If they shut him down, I won't be shocked because we really have nothing for him to play for other than the fact that to make us have a watchable team, yeah. you know, maybe keep selling tickets. But, you know, if it's going to be bad for him or, you know, if he can injure this any worse, and you know, obviously that's what they thought could happen, um, then I don't know why they would put him out there at all again this season. Let him heal up. You know, we don't want another Andrew Luck situation on our hands for sure. Yeah, I think the tickets are sold. Right, I mean, I think I think, I think the season's done. Mine are. They're all my, the sec- my tickets are bought. Yeah. <laughs> They're on the secondary market now. So, um Alex Dunham in the chat makes a good point. You know, um, Driscoll has potential. Um, don't jump on him just yet. And, and let's be honest. The guy had what? The morning to get ready to play? And he went out there. And, yeah. And, and, he had and, no time. Yeah. And played us to within seven and, and a final drive to tie it and, and see what happened from there. Um I I I I didn't look. He's not Matthew Stafford. I get it. <laughs> and when they said how hard he threw the ball, like he was. I giggled because it was nowhere near like a Matthew Stafford pass. Um, but um, it, I don't think we're right, we need to write him off. Again, this was the no. this was the Bears, though, right? Um, and I think I think the reason to really think be down on the Lions and be kind of sellers right now is you look at the uh, the uh, the shot to the head that uh, Wagner took. He's out. You got how, how much of your old, old line is out? Three out of, three out of five starters. <laughs> something like that. Um, your first two running backs, your quarterback, <laughs> you got a wide receiver core that's, that's, that's healthy, but your, your Galladay's dropping balls like crazy. He was just, I don't know what the hell was going on in his head out there. I mean, you're missing literally half of the, the 11 players on your offense of your starters. That doesn't bode well for any team, right? And then you go to, it was like five injuries on the defensive line. Well, you're, you're down to, you know, the bottom of the barrel on safeties. You, you've got guys hurt like crazy. This is our year, obviously, for the injuries. This is just a, a crazy year for us to have so many guys uh, injured. And then to see him play like this, I got to say, I mean, generally, you know, two years ago, this would have been a blowout. If we had this many guys injured, we'd, we'd have just gotten smoked. And... um I'm not saying this is a moral victory. I'm just saying that <laughs> real victories are going to be real hard to come by when you're you're on second and third string players. Yeah, I think you know the Bears are kind of 
I, I was looking at their schedule a little bit earlier. I think if they have another win on their schedule, it's probably us on Thanksgiving if Stafford's not playing, yeah. um, you know, because we're so beat up. You know, I think that this was a game between two bad teams, man. I just like it. It just is hard. Um, you know, like you said, it, you know, we've got a bunch of injuries. We were down to two defensive linemen or two defensive tackles rather yep. at the end of the game. That was it. We only had two healthy guys, which is crazy when you start with a rotation of six. Um, you know, I, I think it's just a, a nightmare, but I, I do think that Driscoll played well enough today that I'm not, you know, saying every game we have left it is, is an immediate loss, but he, you know, he needs time <laughs> to yeah. get better with our, with our starters. You could tell there's disconnects. He was missing some wide open guys. I think he was nervous. Um, you know, he started in the NFL before, but you know, it's still, I can't imagine it's something you just get used to, we, we, we <laughs> you saw, know, and are good to go forever. You do it once you're good. Right. Um, we saw Marvin, you know, but, because he got stretched out on that one catch. Right. Yep. Yeah. He got pancaked yeah. between those two guys and Mukamara and yep. Yep. Or I think you can't, you can't. Yeah. It was just an ugly, ugly game top to bottom. And, you know, it just made that much worse by injuries. And <sighs> what do you think about Tavai today? He, he played, he played, I think he had a good game today comparatively for him for the season. Yeah, you know, I thought he looked good. He um he he had the mic today. He played middle linebacker. They pulled Davis off when, you know, they only needed two linebackers. Yep. Um which I think is probably the the correct move at this point. Yep. I think that Tavai still looks like a rookie every once in a while. He had a couple of missed tackles, uh but that's kind of been plaguing the team as a whole this year. Um you know, and uh I, I kind of look forward to seeing how they use him the rest of the year, because I think that'll be an indication of how he's going to be used the rest of his time with the lions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he was an improvement in, you know, the run scheme because he was more patient with filling his holes yep. than Davis generally is. Um, you know, I think he only, I only saw him in coverage once or twice. He had the, the one good. good play to hold um, Gabriel uh, short of a first down on third down. Um, but yeah, I'm you know I'm excited to see where he goes. I don't think he's world beating or anything like that. But uh, I think our linebacker play has been so bad at this point. An upgrade anywhere is very, very, very welcome. Yeah, I think um, Kevin says it right. I can't be too disappointed with this loss. If you told me the Lions were going to play a backup quarterback on the road in Chicago, I'd have expected this to happen. Right? I, I actually, if we had thought about this at the beginning of the year, I'd have thought us we would have lost by a lot more than seven points. And with a chance at the end, I just this uh, trying to find some silver linings here, right? But um, the real that's that's the honest to god reality. I never would have thought with a, without Stafford, we'd have even or, let's put it this way: without Stafford or a number one or number two running backs, we'd have done this well. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, you got the Carolina Panthers beating the Packers. That's an interesting one this week. Um, Tavai missed a couple tackles. Yeah, Davis Decker, Taylor Decker. This guy is one that's an interesting problem. Um, got the one penalty in a really bad spot. Um, it looked like his hand got kind of hooked in the dude's pad. And when he, when he spun, it kind of took his hand with it. It didn't look like he was gripping like on the Jersey. I think he just got screwed by, by, um, the, 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 the right tackle or the right end (laughs) making a a good play. Sorry. You know, Um, it's so hard. And so this is going to be, I'm going to get started on this a little early, I suppose, but this is going to be the discussion of the off season is that we, Quinn has tried to build this team in a certain way in the trenches on the offensive line, Mm -hmm. you know, to keep Stafford healthy and to keep him upright. And so far the season's been better than average for us. Um, But we're, we're running into a weird scenario, right? Where, Glasgow's contract is coming up and he's been average to slightly above average. Um, definitely hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. You've got Taylor Decker who is horribly average. Yeah. He's probably the most average offensive lineman we've got on the team right now. Yep. Uh, then you've got Rick Wagner who's average to slightly below average. It seems. Um, and all these guys contracts are coming up and we can't let them walk. Because if we let them walk, what are we doing? Now we've got now we're adding three more holes to an off season that we've got eight holes already, and 
you know, you can't put Stafford in that kind of situation again. Um, it's going to be real funky to see what they do with Decker if they do his fifth year option or if they, you know, whatever they decide to do, what they decide they'll to do with Wagner, do what they option. decide. They'll do, they'll do Decker's option for sure. They, like you said, they can't dig that many, they can't fill that many holes. And they're not even going to try. They're not going to. They're just not even going to try. So they're going to do that and try to try to space out some of these needs over time, um, and see where it goes. I'm. You're absolutely right. The amount of treasure they've put into this offensive line to be a solid average or slightly above average offensive line is is amazing. Um, it's this is you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say when you put that much money into it and you wind up horribly average or just above average. Um, they were they were asked before, right? But there's just yeah, so they were much. Bad. There's so much in there now. Um, it's, it's a tough one. That's really tough, man. Um, running backs. We need a running back, right? Yep. We need yeah, I mean, if, if you went, yeah, you go down the list, it's corner. real gnarly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. We basically need every position on the defense. We need offensive linemen. We need running backs. <laughs> the only thing you could say that we're okay at is wide receiver and quarterback. That's it. I wouldn't like even it. Say and, we're okay, wide receiver, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting. Every team, every team needs. Every team needs needs players because of the salary cap league. But this is this is an interesting place that we're in. Very interesting place where the Lions are right now, and uh, not good. Yeah, not good. And we're and we're here because Quinn likes to draft high floor, low lower ceiling guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he hit on Galladay. Galladay is like an immaculate draft pick. He's turned into way more than his third round you know pick should have been. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the rest of our draft players, like we've gotten a lot of starters. Tracy Walker, uh, Harris now. Um, you know, we've got a lot of guys that have started, but none of them are good to great, right? Mm-hmm. Walker was looking pretty good because, you know, he's leading the team in tackles, all sorts of stuff, but at the same time, he's not, you know, killing any anything out there. Um, so when you have a team full of okay guys, you have a okay team, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're – what we're facing with. So we're always hoping that the first round picks are going to, you know, kind of put push us over the edge. But so far, you know, Taylor Decker, uh, Hawkinson, Ragnow, you know, all those guys are good and I would never want them not on my team. Right. I don't think they were bad picks, but at the same time, none of them are Holy crap. Look what the lions got. You know, we need to be nervous about this. There, there, there's no Indomitian Sue's. There's no even Nick Fairley's, you know, type of picks that really, you know, freak other teams out in the division. Right. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where we're lacking. And it's going to be interesting to see where we go at the end of this season here. Yep. Um, something I had talked about earlier uh, in shows, including our, our show this last week, um, about Mike Vrabel coming in at defensive coordinator. Because I think Pasqualoni's gone this year. I, I, I mean, he was brought in. We, we, we've talked about it before, but he was brought in. Um, on when the latest possible time to hire a coach, we hired Patricia. He needed people in. He brought in Pasqualoni because he knew him, right? I mean, he, he was comfortable with him, and he knew Pasqualoni could implement his or his defense in in the interim while while Patricia got up to speed. Um, I was really really high on, on thinking that they would be getting rid of Mike Rabel this year on the uh, on Tennessee because I think they're a little impetuous and how quickly they they fire people, but they just beat Kansas City today. I don't think I think Vrabel today's game saved Vrabel at Tennessee as a head coach for another year. So there you go. Yeah, him and, and starting Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, that was a good choice. Yeah, wow. get that Mariota guy out of there. <laughs> That's no bueno for for them. But yeah, I think I think you know it's interesting because I think that you know I'm gonna call him PP. Paul Pascaloni should be <laughs> PP should be gone at the end of this year. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't know who Patricia can bring in that will run his defense. You know what I mean? I, you know, unless he's, you know, doing what Bill Belichick has always done, which is this is my defense and you can run it, but it's at the base of it. It's going to be my defense. I think that's what Patricia wants to do, but, that's hard to do. You know, Bill Belichick has always just brought people up. 
you know, Brian, uh, whatever his name is, that's the head coach of the Dolphins, was their linebacker coach. Mm-hmm. And he just got promoted to D.C. You know, Matt Patricia was a positions coach and just got promoted to D.C. from within. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if if is doing such a bad job with this defense. I don't know if somebody else is going to do that much better if we're you know, putting him in the exact same position. Um, so, but, you know, here's an interesting question. And this is something we could probably explore um, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, does Quinn go away from his defense and let somebody else bring in their own? You know, I would have to see whether Patricia would do that. Part yeah. of me says no, because Patricia, that's his identity, right? Right. Is running his mm-hmm. defense. And also to be real frank about it, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, um, this team is built around this defense. Tavai will not work in a standard defense. Mm-hmm. You put Tavai on any other defense that that requires speed at the middle linebacker spot uh, or change of direction, and yeah, you know it's just not going to happen. You know, uh, I think a lot of the rest of our defense is probably would probably be okay, but you know, you got to look at our defensive line as well. You know, we have guys that are big and strong to help prevent the run, but with very little pass rush. I don't know how this group would transition to a different style of defense. They might be able to go into some sort of hybrid, but I'm not sure if Patricia would ever even, you know, let that sort of thing happen. Yeah. Hmm. This hurts. It's been painful. (laughs) (laughs) Very painful. It's been painful this year. And and, and last year, I mean, we ended with that big 34-0 victory over uh, Green Bay. That was so nice in Green Bay, right? It felt so good. Um I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and and how much can you say? Again, it goes back to those injuries. How much can you say about how this team is good or not with so many people not on the field? Even even the scheme. I mean, you can say, oh yeah, the defense is bad. Well, I think pretty much any defense would be bad, missing five or six of its of its front seven. Yeah, but it's been bad the whole year. <laughs> yeah, but we've been missing guys, right? We were we started the year missing Hand and uh, and Daniels, right? And Daniels yeah, came but, in for what three plays again? And he's hurt that one. That one just really drag. It's such a drag for me that he's just been out all year. Such a waste. Um, yeah, of talent. it's just every team is missing one to three guys though, and you know this mm-hmm. defense just. <sighs> but you remember we started the team the year pretty well, other than the tie that people were really frustrated with. But I, I, I kind of, I give him a pass on that because it was week one, and week one is so fucking fruity um but the pass defense was good but the run defense and the d-line mm-hmm. getting pressure right right kind of been bad consistently i think, I think a lot of the now defense, the pass though, defense is getting comes to to snacks missing so many reps holding out early maybe but he still doesn't look right you know he's got plenty of snaps in now he still doesn't quite look right yeah um, you're right you're right as it's it's you know, the Bears didn't run on us by any stretch of the imagination, but they also have not a very good O-line right now. Right. I think, you know, next week we're going to really see, you know, we're going to, when Ezekiel Elliott, you know, yeah. crushes us for 300 yards on the ground or doesn't, you know, it, it's going to be, I think that's got to be the plan of Kellen Moore and the Cowboys is just to run it down our throats. Yep. I think that'll be the real indication of how, our D line is feeling, but apparently <laughs> we're going to be going into next week pretty pretty banged up. So it's going to be a scary sight, probably to watch. But yeah, agree. Uh, Antonio Falone, Falone, Del Risden. We should have signed Jonathan Hankins. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will tell him that. Um, Rizzle love that. Yeah, yeah. I got. I got to tell everybody really quick. D- again. Do your homework. We're, we're going to talk about the Russian Five on uh, on Wednesday, so uh, check that movie out. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, also, if you need your Red Wings gear or your Lions gear or any sporting gear at all, go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get over there. It gives you the officially licensed high-quality merchandise that you've come to expect, and um, they're the guys that, that run the Lions store and the NFL store and all that, and, and well, I'll talk about the NFL store in a second. But um, if you go to fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com, they, uh, it goes right to the site, goes right through. You don't even notice anything except it throws a little cookie in your uh, browser and lets them know that we sent you there and they give us a little kickback on your purchase. So they may get your Driscoll jersey. They may, they may sell paper bags, the mix. So we'll, uh, <laughs> or the Mick. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Yeah, piss and stuff there too, Joby. Uh, it's all available. Wherever you feel 
your 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 hardest warmest you can get your your sports gear there so they're pretty pretty good stuff um can i just really quickly take it aside and i said this in the slack chat but i have to say it publicly that stupid champ is here nfl shop thing that stupid uh, ad, oh, I want to gouge my brain out every time that thing comes <laughs> with a freaking dull spoon. I cannot stand that commercial. It is so goddamn irritating. Bum, 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 bum. Champ is here. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> Christ, man. Stop. Stop. Oh, God. Okay. So, yeah, absolutely don't go to the NFL shop. Go to Detroit uh, fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com. That'll be a better way. Show them the champ is, is over here. Um, all right. Let's see. We're going to, if you want to give us a call, we'll, we'll do one last call for phone calls. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Welcome your calls here before we close out. Or if you want to use just Skype to get through, it's Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. Where the sexy guys hang out. All right. Um, defense looked bad. Defense seriously injured. Offense looked mediocre. Offense mostly injured. Special teams. Hey, how about them? How about them, huh? Um, yeah, you know, Prater always looks good. Uh, I thought uh, I thought Martin did a good job of punting. Had a couple good punts today. Uh, really dials it in when he's only doing a 40-yard punt. Um, <laughs> kills it. Downs it real good. We didn't have anybody running out of bounds this uh, this week. Almost touching the ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, got that going for us. Yes. Um, got a question in the chat about the sweet life. Yeah, oh, we should have done that. Sweet life. We went hashtag too sweet. We did not answer that yet, Jim, um, or announce that yet, Jim. We were giving people through 5 p.m. on Tuesday to get connected. Uh, Detroit uh, Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Every dollar you donate will go um, give you an entry into the chance to win a sweet ticket, S-U-I-T-E, to hang out with uh, Sam Man and I and a couple of your closest friends for the Cowboys game next Sunday at Ford Field. Great, great deal. Thank you, Sam Man, for putting that together. That's, that was awesome of you. Absolutely. All right. I think I've I've run out of gas on any other topics on this team right now. <laughs> I'm I'm terrified about Stafford being out. I mean, not, not even – I mean, just <laughs> – this record is going to be less than respectable just from looking at the numbers at the end of the year if he's not there. You know, he'd had such a he had such a great year so far and this just derails so much, so much. Yeah, I mean to be honest, um if Stafford doesn't play another down this year, I could completely see us losing out. Yeah. 100% we could lose out. Um you know, we put Chicago it's again just, though. We do, we do play Chicago again <laughs> at home on Thanksgiving. It's loud no matter what. Yep, yep. Uh, but it but it's a short week. Uh, you know, like you said, we're already fairly injured. We'll have to see. We'll yeah. have to see where we sit. Yeah, health wise. Yeah, that's um. This is this, this is huge. The Stafford thing is huge. And uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, there'll be a lot of talk about it this week. Um, there is the whole concept of tanking right now. Um. But if you tank, you're going for a quarterback. And that, that's a whole other conversation then, right? Or that guy that borrows money from family friends and pays it back. What a jerk. <laughs> Who, Do you believe that guy? What a loser. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. I, I still owe all my family members money. <laughs> what? <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I, I Yeah, the NCAA is just disgusting in so many ways <laughs> it really is it's I mean, the worst god it's so frustrating um oh joby let's get that jerk <laughs> <laughs> hey the jerk store called and they're all out of you uh, that is a good line all right um let's call it a show man i think i think everyone else has had enough too uh thank you everyone for joining us uh remember we're looking for your involvement use the comments and subreddit give us your feedback and uh, don't forget about us on Patreon. Don't forget about yourself on Patreon. Win that sweet ticket. Hashtag too sweet. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Every dollar you donate for um, November up through 5 p.m. on the 12th will get you a opportunity, a entry into the drawing to win a sweet ticket with us uh, to hang out with Sandman and I at Ford Field, as we've said. Um, and there is a second place prize. Look at that. The sweet, sweet. Sega 
Genesis Retro Arcade, 42 games from your your, your past that you're going to love playing. It's a sweet, sweet deal. Thanks to Peter Von Panda. Go that check him out, by sweet. the way. Uh, YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda, one of the funniest channels you're going to find. He's he's a really sweet dude and has some great, great stuff out there. I got to I gotta get him in. We got to do some stuff with him. You guys, I want to expose you to some of the, the panda-isms because they're, they're amazing. I'm tired of getting exposed by you. <laughs> What are you exposing? Okay, move on. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And on the Instagram, it's all Detroit Lions podcast. It's easy to find, of course, on Twitter. Get on the Twitter. Help us out. Get us uh, over that that sexy uh, limit there that we're at. We want to hit 3K. It's at DET Lions podcast. DET Lions podcast. It's organic. It's beautiful. And it's the best way to see Sandman. Guam <laughs> <laughs> with no pants on. Oh, sweet. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Give us a call. Skype Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-Lions. 929-335-4667. And uh, leave us a message. We'll get you on the show. Also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on all the ads and then subscribe to the podcast so we can pop up in your ear holes automatically thank you for tuning in we're gonna see you next time on the detroit lions podcast remember no pants no toasters no hot tubs no problems baby because we're your detroit lions and reddit connection final seconds winding down and look at that how big is that chris and case out of time pack the bag start the plane this show is over the champ-